Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. morning. Wow. All right. People are awake today. This is good. We've recovered from daylight savings time. Fantastic. Uh, Who is ready to have an encounter with Jesus today? Let me tell you, God has been working all week to set up a divine appointment with you today. He wants to speak to your heart. He wants to encourage you. He wants you to leave this place changed and transformed uh, and growing in him. So I'm excited to have service today. My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here. Welcome to Hillside. If you are a guest with us today or you're watching online for the first time, it's great to have you here. If you are a guest, we've got a table in the foyer. We'd love for you to stop by before you leave today uh, and pick up a couple gifts, and we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. We've got some great things that are right around the corner. I am super excited about some of the things happening here at Hillside. Let me share just a few of them with you this morning. Next weekend is a big weekend here, maybe the biggest weekend of the year, because we are doing our missions convention. Anybody love missions? If you don't, you will by the end of next week. I promise you that. Uh, We're going to have a phenomenal time Uh, next weekend. It kicks off on Saturday night at 6.30 p.m. We're going to have Dr. Paul Nelson, his wife Rosemary, with us. They're going to be sharing uh, about Kenya and a medical missions team that's headed there in August. Incredible work. They're going to be sharing with us at 6.30 p.m. And there's cake and ice cream. All right, so if you were thinking about bailing on Saturday night, come on, cake and ice cream. You need to be here. It's going to be a phenomenal night. Then Sunday morning, we've got a special service at 9 a.m., so there will not be grow groups. But at 9 a.m., Brandon and Rachel Powell will be sharing about their missions and endeavors in Thailand, giving us a ministry update on that. And then Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we've got our Faith Promise Worship Experience. We're going to be talking about missions opportunities we're looking towards in the future. We're going to have a couple of our college students sharing about where they're headed uh, for missions this summer. Uh, And just it's going to be a phenomenal service. Brandon's going to preach that, and we're going to have an opportunity to set brand new faith promises for this coming year for missions. So are you excited? And you know what? If you can't wait till next weekend for missions... Let's, let's do something special tomorrow night. Some of you might need a date night. I feel like, I just feel in my heart, you might need a date night. It's been a long time since you took somebody out on a date. Well, tomorrow night, if you go to Vines and Rushes, say on my notes, between four, so what a cool off, and 25% of your bill will go towards that. There'll also be members uh, from the missions team out there. They're going to be showing some videos as well, so great opportunity if you want to get a date night. And Uh, help missions. Tomorrow night, we've got that set up for you. One last thing I want to cover this morning before we start engaging in worship today, and that's Saturday, April 2nd at 9 a.m. 
the ladies are starting a brand new weekly Bible study that'll run starting next week uh, all the way through the beginning, mid part of June. And it's on Whisper from uh, our very own Assemblies of God pastor, Mark Batterson, uh, leads that Bible study. It's going to be phenomenal. We're streaming it in from Right Now Media. And I think we have a promo video to roll this morning on that. All of us have problems, relational problems, emotional problems, spiritual problems. But those problems are really symptoms. The root problem is ears that have been deafened to the voice of God. And if you can't hear God's voice, you can't sing God's song, and your life will be off key. Does God speak audibly? Absolutely. But that's a thin slice of his vocal range. When someone speaks in a whisper, you have to get very close to hear them. We lean into a whisper, and that's what God wants. The goal of hearing the Heavenly Father's voice isn't just hearing his voice. It's intimacy with him. He wants to be as close to you as possible. Why? So you don't just hear his voice, you hear his heart. God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? And is he the loudest voice in our lives? Well, ladies, that Bible study starts on April 2nd, 9 a.m. here at Hillside. Would you stand to your feet if you're ready to engage in worship this morning? Because we want to prime our heart to hear a word from God today. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you this morning, God, to have the freedom to gather in this place. Lord, what a privilege and an honor it is, Lord, to be here. And Lord, I realize this morning there may have been a lot of things that were trying to distract us from getting here, but we're glad we're here right now, Lord, to spend time with you. Lord, this morning there are places around the globe that don't have the privilege that we have to gather in the freedom that we have here. Lord, may we realize it's an honor to be in your presence, to gather together with, with people and to seek your face. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters this morning that are scattered around the globe, that are under persecution, that are facing immense trials. God, we pray that your grace, peace, and mercy would be extended to them, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would encourage them to keep moving forward. Lord, as we walk into your presence today, Lord, the week may have been filled with ups and downs, emotional mountains and valleys that we've gone through, but Lord, we need the stability of who you are to be the foundation of our life. And Lord, we want to engage with you in a time of worship. We lay down all the things from this week, all the things that are coming up this next week, to spend this moment in time with you. Would you speak to our hearts? Would you help us to engage in worship with all we are, with all you are? God, we want to connect. In Jesus' mighty name and God's people said, Amen. let's worship the Lord together this morning. Psalm 100 says, shout. For joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Amen. Amen. Worship team, are you ready? Now you put grace 
darkness shaken. It's kind of interesting because this morning in adult grow group, it talked about the transfiguration when Peter, John, and James saw Jesus on the mountain, saw him in all his glory, and he was talking with Moses and Elijah, and it said the disciples were sleepy, a little sleepy. It seems oftentimes when Jesus was praying, they were a little sleepy like you and I, but then it says... They were fully awake. Your love awakens me. Thank you, Lord. Jesus also began to tell them about what must happen to him at the cross. There's a place where mercy reigns and never a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide we're all the love we're all the love I've ever found comes like a flood comes flowing down God. 
forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. to Jesus. Today can be your day, for today is the day of salvation. If you would call upon his name, the Bible tells us whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God knows your heart. And as believers, may we open hearts to receive the goodness that it may grow. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we transition to the preaching of your word, both up here and downstairs, Lord, I pray for those sharing the word of God, Lord, over Miss Jackie today and Lord, myself. Lord, as you've spoken to our hearts and we do our best to communicate, 
the gospel message that you've placed in us. God, I pray that your anointing would take hold. The weight of your word. The most amazing ways that it speaks into our hearts and spirits and minds. The beautiful tapestry of life and how you weave things in and out together is absolutely phenomenal. May we understand the power your word has when it is applied to our life. Lord, I believe every moment that we have experienced this week leading up to right now has been by your divine hand. You have put things together for this moment in time to speak to your people. So a passage of scripture we would so easily overlook, but the weight is so profound. God, would you speak? Would you help us to hear? Lord, what you have for us today. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. And kids, if you are ready for Kids Church, Miss Jackie is in the foyer. She is ready to go this morning. You can meet her right now. And I believe Mr. Kyle is helping out for the first time in Kids Church today. So phenomenal. Awesome. Uh, I will tell you right now, there is a good chance I will be emotional for service today. Uh, and if you have a problem with that, that's okay. You can get over it. Because um, I believe Jesus was an emotional person. Um, he had great passion and has great passion for you. When he wept in the garden, it was for you, church. Do you know that? How amazing, how amazing our God is. Well, right now in Bahrain, uh, it is the kickoff to the Formula One season. Don't worry, I'm not going to cut you short today because I'm recording it. I'll watch the race later. But uh, kicking off the season, an interesting thing happens in Formula One. Uh, before the race officially starts, they do a preparation lap. So they get out there, they go once around, they warm their tires up, they make sure things are functional, all the cars are ready to go, and then they'll put them on the line, and then they will wait for those lights to go out to start the race. I want to tell you, this morning, we've done the preparation lap. We've had a moment in God's presence in worship. The engines are warm, the tires are set, and now it is time to engage in a race with the king. He's calling us to go after him. Uh, and so today, let's put the pedal down and let's go racing for Jesus. We're back in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 15, looking at verses 16 through 26, some other scriptures as well. We'll get to those in a moment. Uh, but let's jump in there together because we want to be just like Jesus. Mark chapter 15, starting in verse 16. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own his own clothes on him, then led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the tree, 
which means the place crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see uh, what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice on the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. This morning, I want to focus on a man named Simon, a man that we would quickly overlook, yet there is so much significance here. What is the significance of this man in the gospel message? And what does, it, what does it have to do with our spiritual growth and development? Well, we're about to find out. I apologize. I've got a little bit of a cold going on, so uh, I might be drinking a little more water than I normally do. But uh, we're going to examine three portions of Scripture from the gospels because three out of the four gospels mention this encounter with Simon. So let's touch base on them, and each one of them tells us something significant. So let's go through all three together. Found in Matthew 27, 32, it says, As they went out, they found a man from Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. Talking about Jesus' cross. Compelled him. In other words, they made him do it. In Mark chapter 15, the passage we just read in verse 21, and it says, And they, uh, they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And in Luke chapter 23, verse 26, it reads as follows, And as they led him away, they seized one, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid, laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. There's some very significant things that we're going to look at here. The first being this, the significance that Simon carried Jesus' cross. It's not to be overlooked that Simon carried the cross of Jesus. Both Matthew and Mark clearly state that the object Simon carried was his cross, Jesus' cross. This might sound obvious, but it's profound that this man, Jesus, who all the gospels writers clearly understand to be God incarnate, needs assistance at the moment of his suffering. Is God not the one who bears the suffering for us? Why then does he need the assistance of what seems to be a random man? Or was it random at all? Simon carrying Jesus' cross is our reminder of the humility of God. This is an, an attribute God does not, uh, it's, an, it's an attribute that sometimes we don't realize that God shows. The humility of God. To us, it would make more sense if God were to flex his omnipotent muscles and during this moment show his glory, right? I can do this. But that's not what he chooses to do. In fact, look at Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming, the, uh, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. 
Jesus allowed a man he created to help him carry the cross. Not because Jesus had to, but because Jesus chose to. Jesus could have carried that cross. He does today for us. Of his love for us, he chooses of what our life should be. It is an image of what our life should be. That we are given the opportunity to carry the gospel message everywhere we go as a follower of Jesus. It's such a beautiful picture. Yet, Simon, Simon didn't volunteer for this assignment. He wasn't standing up like, hey, I'll carry that cross. He was picked out of a crowd. He, he came in from the countryside. He probably had errands to run. He had an agenda. He had a plan. He knew where he was going, but he got cut off by this parade that was walking through with Jesus carrying this cross, and the soldiers picked this guy. And we might think, that it's random, but I want to tell you, Jesus never does anything that's random. God chose that man. And in the moment, I am sure that Simon did not want to carry that cross. But I believe, and we'll get into this in the following points, as the years went by, I believe Simon would find himself away from people in moments of prayer with God, weeping because of the privilege and the honor that he got to carry the cross that our Messiah died on. It might be the single most greatest act of service to the king in the history of the world. Yet it was not something that he expected or looked for or even wanted. God is amazing. God is amazing in what he does. Mark Batterson, in the book that the ladies are going to be doing in a Bible study called Whisper, talks about the four languages that God talks to us. One of the languages that God uses is the language of doors. You're like, I've never even heard of the language of doors. Yeah, you have. Every time that your wife slams that door in your face, husbands, you have heard the language of doors. Um, I'm joking. Uh, Revelations 3, 7, and 8 says this. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. God speaks through the language of doors, and we get very excited when God opens doors in our life. We don't get as excited when he, when he closes them. And can I tell you, God probably closes more doors in your life than he opens. But man, let me tell you, we need to be grateful for the doors that he closes. For someone here today, you've experienced God closing a door. Maybe it's at your workplace or in your family or in a relationship, and you, you're hurting this morning because that door slammed shut. But I want to tell you, God's plan is better than the plan that you had. 
The plan that God had for Simon was better than the plan that he had. He was at the right place at the right time by divine opportunity. I know sometimes serving God is hard. It's not comfortable. I know for some of you who are grow group teachers, you come in and you come an hour and a half before church starts to do a class, and sometimes you may not feel like it. Sometimes you don't feel like you have the energy, but you come and you give. And do you know how an honor it is? And I know some doing ministry, but sometimes we view the, the, the act of service as a burden and not an honor. Because I don't want to do it this morning. I don't want to serve this morning. Ah, it's inconvenient. Let me tell you, it was inconvenient when Jesus went to the cross. It was inconvenient that Simon's life would be interrupted to carry the cross, but it was such an honor to carry the cross of the king. Maybe if we're not experiencing some sacrifice in our life, I wonder I wonder how valuable our worship is. Is your worship costing you something? And, we, and I'm not talking about the song we sing. That is such a small component of acts of, of acts of worship. How we serve the king is an act of worship. Is your worship costing you something? David talked about this. In fact, he made a statement saying, I will not worship unless it cost me something. But are we, do we miss out on the, the blessing and the honor of serving and worshiping? And do we replace it with complaining? I had this illustration this morning. I could offer somebody a dollar bill or I could offer somebody a gold brick this morning. I meant to look up what the value of a gold brick is right now. I know it's high. Now listen, if I gave you a gold brick, you can't go down to McDonald's and buy an ice cream cone with it. But if I give you the dollar, you can. But the value is much higher with the gold brick. You can take the gold brick to a bank or somewhere else. You can exchange it. It has more value. And I'm worried that sometimes we have traded the opportunity to have gold brick, the value of gold bricks in our life for the value of a dollar bill and traded it in for ice cream cone because it's convenient. We can complain about burdens in our life. But let me tell you something. There will be moments where the door closes and you won't have the opportunity to carry the burden anymore. Can I share with you an illustration that happened this week? It's been a weird week for me. I don't know about for you. It's, I've had some of these tremendous mountaintop moments with God and with others um, and I've had just a phenomenal time. We did premarital counseling with two different couples, incredible couples. It was the highlight of my week both times. It was great. One of the meetings was supposed to last a half an hour. We were there for two hours, uh, and we were laughing and joking, and it was so great. And the next day, I ended up having to, to 
call the police because I had to deal with an abuse situation that was just up and down all over the place. On Friday, I'd come in and was finishing the message and I uh, was in a good place. I'd planned to go with Jeff to Fond du Lac to pick up some supplies for the church that, later that afternoon. When I came to church that morning, uh, I checked the mailbox here at church, and it was weird. Um, in the mailbox was mail for my neighbor at home. That's weird. <laughs> like, for a minute, when I checked the mailbox, I was like, I didn't take the right medication this morning. <laughs> I'm like, what, what am I doing? I'm like, it, like, it threw me so much. I'm like, I'm at church. This is my, am I awake? How, is, how did my neighbor's mail from my house end up in the mailbox at church? So I decided at lunchtime I would go home and, and take that mail to them. Uh, I left the office around noon, a little afternoon actually. Um, realized quickly it wasn't earlier in the week. And I said, is everything okay? And he said, no. And I, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I wanted to go over and check on my neighbor, but at the same time, you don't want to get in the way. They're taking crime scene pictures. And uh, I took my dog, walked him around the block, and when I came back, one of the neighbor, the same neighbor from that house came out, pulled me aside, and uh, someone in that house had committed suicide. And I went in the house and got to talk with the family and pray with them. Burden. But God put me in the right place at the right time and that mail not come to the, to the mailbox. I talked to that man the night before. He committed suicide. It's two years of building a relationship with him. But I won't have another chance. The gospel messages and the acts of service that I have had is it. It's over. That's a burden I will never have again. And I miss it this morning. And I remember some nights coming home and being tired and exhausted from a long day, but this individual would be sitting on the step. And I didn't always take the time to talk to him. I did a lot of the time, but there were some times I didn't. And now I look back on that, and I regret it. Church, don't waste the opportunities God gives you. Because they may be divine appointments that God has set you up so that you can make a difference and an impact in somebody's life. And the opportunity may not always be there. It may not always be there. Take Take reference of what's around you, the people that are around you. And of all things, the people are the most important thing. Your kids will only be in your house so long. My daughter turns 17 tomorrow. I know hair just fell out, right, as we were saying that. I won't always have these moments. Make the most of them. Make the most of them. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Your plans are not guaranteed. And if you find yourself with a weight and a burden, just remember it might be God's divine hand putting you in that place for such a moment as this. Let's talk about the significance of the fact that Simon was named. 
The second remarkable thing about Simon of Cyrene is that he is named in Scripture. The Gospel of Mark gives us the longest introduction of who he was. A passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus. This is very unique, the way this is worded. It, it, it gives us a description of this man. Now, the interesting thing is there are a lot of people in the Bible who aren't even mentioned by name. Like, we don't even have a name. They're just a lady at a well. We don't even, we don't know who she is. She's just a lady at a well. There's, I mean, there's dozens and dozens of these. Here, we have so much information. We know where he's from. Uh, he's from Cyrene. He lived in the country, and he's the father of these two children, which is very interesting. The significance of Mark naming anyone, let alone this man who assisted Jesus, is that it's a clear signal of the authenticity of the story. At the time of, of the circulation of Mark's gospel in 65 AD, Simon of, of Cyrene, and even more certainly his children, who are also named... One can imagine Alexander to ask, did this really happen? Was Jesus really who he said he was? Mark was certain of the answer, and that's why he addresses this the way he does. These are the eyewitnesses. And it's suggested by scholars that Rufus mentioned here was thanked by Paul in the book of Romans in chapter 16, Verse 13, I don't know if at this point in time Simon knew Jesus as the Savior, but it's very possible if this Rufus is the same son that his sons knew the Savior and his dad was a part of the story. Do you know that you're a part of the story today? There's a lot of people that may not know your name but I want to assure you of one thing. God knows who you are. God knows your name. It's not insignificant who you are or what you do. And I'm not talking about your title as a job. Those things pass. I'm talking about who you are, how you serve, the gifts and talents God has placed in you. You might sit here this morning or you're watching online and you think, I don't have anything to give to the kingdom of God. Oh, yes, you do. If nothing else, you are a witness of his amazing story that is still being written. And you are a part of the story just like Simon. You can tell your kids, grandkids, your neighbors, your coworkers, the person at the, at the store, you are a part of the story of the gospel that is still being written today. You are valued in the kingdom. You're valued in the kingdom. God knows your name and you're a part of the story. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. What God does over the next few weeks and months at our church, and as we go into the summer, as we look at going back outside and doing outside services and outreach and service projects and missions, you're a part of the story. We're a part of the story of what God wants to do in Ripon. Does that not excite you? 
somebody's life is going to get changed in the weeks ahead because of the story that's being written with our lives. God's already setting it all up. We can't see it, but he's already putting people in our past that will happen in the next few weeks and, and months ahead that divine appointments you don't even know about, that you get to be a part of the story. It's some service this summer. You're going to be engaged in worship with God. Someone might make a decision for Jesus and get water baptized on the spot. Come on, we're going to be a part of the story. I don't know what I have to do to get you guys excited. Come on, people getting saved? I mean, that's exciting stuff. If that doesn't get you excited, we might need to just really reevaluate things. God wants to continue doing great things. And I realize we're in this moment in time in history. There's so much crazy stuff coming together. The world stage, the national stage, the local stage, it's, it's all this stuff. But I want to tell you, when things seem to be the darkest, the light of Christ shines the brightest. Let's be a light in the darkness. Let's, let's continue to let God tell the story he wants to tell. Oh, man, God is good, isn't he? Amen. Finally, the significance that Simon carried the cross behind Jesus. Finally, it's significant that Simon carried the cross behind Christ. Metaphorical and perhaps, think about that for a second. This said to his, before his arrest and betrayal, Jesus said to his, said to his would-be followers, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9.23. This is the living embodiment of what Jesus spoke. Think about that. He literally is picking up the cross and following Jesus. It's, it's physically happening for him. And we're called to do the same thing. Every one of us has a cross to bear. All of us have issues and challenges and assignments and callings. And we're called to carry them. Sometimes the weight is overwhelming. And sometimes we need some help carrying the crosses that we're called to carry. Even Jesus himself needed some help carrying the cross. That's why we're the church. This morning, I want you to know you are not alone. I wish I could go back and tell my neighbor one last time. I mean, we had great conversations. Wish I could tell him you're not alone one more time. If you are ever at that point, you pick up the phone and you call us. You show up at my house in the middle of the night. You show up at somebody else's house in the middle of the night, all right? Because it's not just me. We're in this together. And let's carry each other's burdens. Not judgmental, 
not being harsh. But look, sometimes life gets tough. And look, I know, I know for some of you, you're like, Pastor, I won't know what to do if somebody shows up like that. Yes, you will. The Holy Spirit will help you. And look, yesterday morning, I wanted to go over to my neighbors. I wanted to say something, and I struggled. I was like, I don't know anything else to say. And listen, I've been on the receiving end of difficult times where people just will tell you, I love God's word, and I know somebody will take what I'm saying in absolutely the wrong way, but you have to hear it. I've been on the receiving end where somebody just says a scripture because they don't know what else to say, and I realize they're still waiting in the power of, of word. But sometimes it's said almost in a flippant way, an arrogant way, and it, 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 it's not received well. And I didn't want to do that. So I was praying about what to do yesterday. You know what God said to me to do? They don't need to hear my word. They need to see it in action. Would you go pray for them, but don't go knock on the door. Get your snowblower out and go take care of their yard. And I wept over their driveway as I took that snowblower up and down. Never knocked, never said anything, went home. I got a text message yesterday afternoon saying, we saw you on our video cameras. Thank you so much. And I texted back and said, I didn't know what to say today, but I knew I could serve you. And they said, that is exactly what we needed. Church, you can still serve. We may not always have the words. And listen, I'm a pastor, and I know I'm supposed to have all the answers, but I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I don't. But you know what I do have? I have a relationship with the king. And I'm learning how to trust him. And what I can do is I can serve. Then I'll take away if nothing else today. Church, I think there is a very real danger when we're carrying the burdens that we have been given, even burdens that we know have been given to us by God himself. It is a very dangerous thing to get ahead of Jesus. We need to humble ourselves and let Jesus lead the way. Jesus just got the snot kicked out of him. He was not running up this hill. He was probably stumbling, having trouble breathing, having trouble seeing. The blood from the crown that they had laid on his head was probably dripping into his eyes. He probably could barely see. He was probably feeling for someone or something in front of him to find the way. He was not running up there. It was a slow pace to get to the place where the cross would be put. I think sometimes we think that Jesus has one speed and it's light speed. We're not moving fast enough. We're not doing enough. We're not doing, and I worry sometimes that we are trying so hard to get things done in the kingdom that we are jumping ahead of Jesus. I believe that when you follow Jesus, we're right where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be here. And I believe we're right where we're meant to be right now. Pastor Eric, how, how, how are you so sure of that? How does my neighbor's mail end up in our mailbox here at church on the very day that I need to be there at noon? I mean, I could call the mail guy and say, hey, what are you doing? You're delivering the wrong mail. I don't know if it was a mail guy. For all I know, an angel could have delivered mail on Friday. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to complain because God used it. By the way, we're missing some mail at church, so if you're receiving that, if you could bring it to church, we would very much appreciate that. Um, but anyway, God puts us where we need to be. 
Church, it's not all about speed. It's about obedience. Let's not get ahead of Jesus. And at the same time, let's not dilly-dally behind him. Let's stay right with him in everything we do. Amen? Worship team, if you'd come back to the stage. We're reaching the final lap for today's service. (laughs) Checkered flag is almost here. And I realize there's a weight to the word today. Do you understand what I meant by the weight of the word? That's powerful stuff. I don't know if I've even done a, a decent job communicating. I've done my best. God is good. He is great. He has asked us to partner with him in a relationship to carry the gospel message because Jesus cares about people. He's come along and said, look, I know your name and I've called you for such a time as this. You're in the right decade. You're in the right place. You're at the right place. If you're meant to be somewhere else, God will move you. He's good at that especially when we want to be where God wants us to be, you can't miss him. Because Jonah was running away from God. He still got where God wanted him to go. I mean, God's, God's pretty amazing. You're right where you're supposed to be. If you've been complaining about some burdens in your life, maybe refocus that, maybe pray about it. Are these burdens something you're meant to be carrying? And should your heart be changing? to a heart of thanksgiving, thanking Jesus for the opportunity to serve, thanking Jesus for the opportunity to carry a cross like you're carrying. And then finally, let's not get ahead of Jesus. Let's get behind him. Let's follow him. Let's make a decision to follow Jesus today. Church, if you'd stand to your feet, if you're here today, and you have not been following Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. This is the first time you follow Christ. And Jesus will save you. He will save you today. In fact, before we do anything else, let's pray that prayer. Let's ask Jesus to step into our life and be our Savior today. Jesus, I'm broken. I'm far from perfect. I missed the mark. I've got all sorts of things going on. And I need salvation. I need a savior in my life. I need a firm foundation. I need someone that can bring peace in troubled times. I need someone who can come in and and restore things that are broken in my life. I need someone to be in control to say what I can let go of and what I can need to hold on to. So Lord, would you come into my life? I believe, I take a leap of faith and I say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God that you came, that you died, that you rose again, and that you are calling my name today to walk in a relationship with you. That, Lord, I no longer have to carry my cross alone, but your spirit, your word tells me that you are with me. And my burden seems lighter because of it. Thank you for saving us today. Lord, I pray for the person here today who maybe has been overwhelmed by the things of this world. Lord, that they would not have to carry that cross alone. Lord, maybe they have thought about making a decision that they can't turn back from, taking their own life today. 
And Lord, I pray that you would break that thought in their mind. That Lord, they would reach out to, to us online, to reach out to us here at the office, to talk to someone before they leave service today. That they don't have to go through this alone. That they can have friends that will walk with them through stormy times. Lord, we thank you. Lord, and we make a decision as a church today to follow you, to follow Jesus. God's people said, Mike, would you lead us in a few more worship songs? Let's take the last lap and then we'll close in prayer in a minute. I have decided decided I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back no turning
today by praying over our offering, but uh, I want to pray for this family that's been affected in our neighborhood. Um, Would you just stretch out a hand as a symbol? We're just believing God's power is going to touch this family and our community, and out of this tragedy that God would do some incredible things, some good things. Uh, There'd be restoration and healing that would take place. Lord, we just thank you so much that, God, we can trust on you. We don't have the answers. We don't have the things to say. It's 
hard to even be able to to, to think through and to know what, what to do in situations like this. But God, you know, you know, and you've given us a tremendous tool, the Holy Spirit, a relationship with your spirit that will guide us in moments where we don't know what to do. Lord, we lift up this family to you and the, the trauma that they're going through. And uh, Lord, I pray for the individual that found this person, the, the, the trauma of that. Lord, that that's something that only you can heal. And I pray your healing would just go out to them today. Lord, I pray for peace over that house. Lord, I pray for our neighborhood, that we would be good neighbors. We would love on each other. Uh, and then in, the, in the midst of this, there would just be some tremendous ministry that would happen. Uh, Lord, I pray for my wife and I, that, Lord, we would help to lead in that community, in our neighborhood, uh, and to be your representatives and to bring hope and peace and restoration where we go. Lord, we pray this morning for our church body. Lord, as we get ready to take up our tithes and offerings, that we give so out of a heart of gratitude. Uh, it is a privilege and honor to sow into your kingdom. Uh, Lord, that you would do more with what we give than we ever thought possible. And you would do more with this church. We would reach more lives. We would see lives impacted for the kingdom in ways we have never experienced before as we continue to move forward and draw closer to you. And I pray a blessing over this church family that I love so dearly. Lord, this week, draw them closer with your Holy Spirit. Let them hear your voice. Lord, give them that nudge if they need to talk to their coworker or, or encourage somebody at the gas pump or at the workplace or, or the marketplace or a neighbor. Lord, don't let, us, don't let us push that voice off, but make it so resounding inside of us that we have to, we're compelled to talk with them, to encourage them. We might be the very person you would use to give somebody hope this week. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and God's people said, amen. amen. Now, Saturday night, 6.30, we're gonna meet downstairs. We got cake, we got ice cream. We're gonna hear about missions. I can't imagine it much better than that. And then Sunday, 9 a.m. special service, 10 a.m., our normal worship experience. Get ready for Missions Convention Church. It's gonna be great. We'll see you next week.